unstoppable. And you may have noticed that the theme of the service is that changed people are growing people. We believe that followers of Jesus Christ ought to be on this path to spiritual growth. You see, there's an outer you, that is your skin, your fingernails, your face. Then there's an inner you, that's your character, your heart, and your soul. Now, the outer you is temporary. Everybody sees that. But the inner you is eternal. The inner you is invisible. Oh, one more thing you should know about the outer you. Paul puts it like this. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Now, isn't that really good news? Sooner or later, old man wrinkle comes for all of us. And if you have any doubts as to whether or not that's true, just turn and look at the person sitting next to you. Old man wrinkle comes for all of us. You see, from the age of about 25 on, certain changes start to happen to the outer you. Your bones start to lose calcium and they get brittle. Your skin starts to lose elasticity and starts to shrivel. Age spots start appearing on your hands. You look down one day and say, those aren't my hands. Those are my father's hands, my mother's hands. Weight starts to shift, uh, start shifting from the poles of your body toward the equator. Your hair stops growing where you want it to grow, and it boldly starts to grow where no hairs have ever grown before. Now, I know some of you are not yet 20 years old, and at some deep subconscious level, you're thinking right now, that'll never happen to me. I'll never get old like you are, Luke. And those of us who are older want you to know that we understand and, and, and we love you, but it's going to happen to you. And frankly, we can't wait until it does happen to you. <laughs> because old man wrinkle comes for all of us. It's true, we sweat and strain, we aerobic our body and rack it with pain. Lift those weights, run that mile, get a little Botox and a wider smile. We try skin cream and weight reduction, the keto diet and liposuction. But old man wrinkle just keeps rolling around. We keep trying to renew the outer person. We exercise it, starve it, lipo it, stretch it, lift it, nip it, tuck it, freeze it, tan it, rogaine it, dress it up in Neiman Marcus. But old man wrinkle eventually comes for us. And the reality is our bodies will one day be simply expensive warm food. That's just the truth. Because outwardly we are wasting away. However... The Bible says there's also an inner you. This is the real you. It's your spirit, your character, your soul. And that will never cease to exist. And the real you right now is in the process of becoming something. Whether you realize this or not, you are actually becoming something. And it might be something really good. Or you might be becoming something unimaginably dark. But you are in the process of becoming something right now. And that thing that you are becoming is what God has his eye on. That's what really matters to God. That's what God really looks at. You know, one time, God sent a prophet named Samuel to the house of a man named Jesse to anoint a future king over Israel. And Samuel sees one of Jesse's sons. He's a very big, impressive guy. And this is what Samuel says about him. Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his what? Appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the what? Outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
our society fawns over people whose outer appearance is attractive, as if they've done something to deserve that. And uh, in Karen Lee Thorpe's book called Why Beauty Matters, she writes this, daycare workers consistently hold, smile, and coo at babies judged to be attractive more than they do babies judged to be not attractive. And she goes on to say, attractive people on average make more money than people who are judged not to be attractive. Why is that? Because our culture is pretty fickle. Our, our culture is pretty shallow. They look at the appearance only. And when you think about this, consider this. Even our stories, the ones we learned from our childhood days, reinforce this. The prince is not drawn to Cinderella by her great personality, but her beauty. Snow White and Sleeping Beauty both had men fall in love with them while they were comatose, while they were sleeping. Read the stories. I'll say it again. We get all fired up about the outer us while God looks at the inner us. He looks at who we are, what we are becoming. Who you are in the inside is what really matters to God. And here in this passage you read a moment ago with Pastor Brad is the Apostle Paul writing to a group of people at a church just like this in a city called Corinth. People who are facing very real problems like you and I face. And this is what Paul says to them. He says, can I testify to you? My body is going south in a hurry. And in my case, the wear and tear on my body is not due to just the normal aging process. My body's going south because I've been stoned. I've been beaten. I've been shipwrecked. I've been bitten by vipers. I've been put in, in stocks in prison cells. In fact, nothing about my personal resume is on the upswing. Not my looks, my possessions, my financial life, my health, my romantic life. Paul never got married. But, but listen to his perspective. He says, but we, or he says, I do not lose heart. Though outwardly I am wasting away, inwardly I'm being renewed day by day. I love that. Paul says, you know what's happening on the outside? It doesn't bother me all that much because something is happening on the inside of me to the real me. And it's like the opposite of what's happening on the outside. Outside, I'm dying a little bit every day, but on the inside, it's like I'm coming to life. I'm changing. I'm becoming something. I'm growing. I'm getting stronger. Even though I'm in prison, I still feel joy and hope welling up inside of me. I still feel love growing stronger inside of me, even though I'm in prison, even for those who put me in this prison, even though my portfolio, my 401k keeps going down. Paul says my generosity keeps going up. It's the strangest thing, he says. Outwardly, I'm dying. I'm wasting away. But on the inside, I'm coming to life, he says. It's awesome, he says. It's amazing. It's fabulous. And what Paul is saying to us today is this. It can happen to you. This can happen to you. And that's what I want to talk to you about here today. Last weekend, we talked about why that New Testament church 2,000 years ago was unstoppable. Rome tried to crush them. They couldn't. The religious establishment tried to put their heel on them, and they just kept exploding, this early church. And we said it was because they had these five values. One was grace. We talked about that last weekend. And we said that we're going to hang these posters in our wall that represent grace. The poster that says, everybody is welcome because nobody is perfect and all people matter to God. Can you say amen to that? That's our mantra around here. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. 
and all people matter to God. Well, today I want to talk to you about the second G, and it's growth. And you're going to see a poster on our hallway walls that reads this way, changed people are growing people. Now, what does that mean? That means if you've been born again, the Bible says that God's spirit has taken up residence in your life. And so there ought to be this powerful, Holy Spirit-driven desire in you to want to spend as least as much time, effort, and intention growing your inner being, which is going to last forever, as you do growing your outer being, which is going to just fade away in a few years. And today, I want to talk to you about how to grow your spiritual life using a very unique teaching method. Now, I know some of you are going to call my humor demented today, but I've, I've always... You know, got a kick out of these books and articles that take a kind of a, a backdoor approach to teaching us. For an example, I read an article that really grabbed my attention not too long ago. It was called How to Ruin a Great Game of Golf, A Great Day of Golf. And, and the author had these great suggestions like, take your wife with you. That'll wreck a good day of golf. Or, you know, outlaw gimmies and mulligans. That's cheater. That, that's uh, golf language for cheating in golf, you know. But he gave all these ways to mess up a good golf game. It's kind of an interesting game to look at the game, a way to look at the game of golf differently. Another article I read really caught my attention. How to turn your child into a sociopathic criminal. That kind of got my attention. And the writer says, first of all, don't ever enforce household rules. Because then your child will never learn about consequences. Then he says, always give in to your child's temper tantrums. That way, they'll learn that manipulation is the way to get things done in life. And he says, number three, give your child a huge allowance and never ask them to do anything for it. That way, they'll grow up learning entitlement, that people owe you something in life. Now, we had all these other suggestions for how to wreck your kids, but today, I'd like to use that same backdoor approach to teach you how to grow spiritually. And so I'm going to flip this whole thing around today, and I'd like to teach on the subject of how to stunt your spiritual growth, how to regress spiritually. So if you're sitting here today and say, you know, 12 uh, months from now, I would like to be further away from God than I am today. I would like to be further away from his presence than I am today. I want to give you seven tried, proven ways that you can regress in your spiritual walk. This is your lucky day. I'm going to tell you exactly how to be further away from God in 12 months. Are you ready? Let's dive right in. Number one, if you want to regress in your spiritual life, if you want to be further from God 12 months from today, do not pray. This is very important. Make sure you do not pray. The Bible says in Colossians 4:2, devote yourself to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. So friends, it's very important that you do not pray. Because if you pray, what's going to happen is God's going to answer some of those prayers. And that's going to start building your faith. And your life will start praying even more. And that will grow you in your walk with God. And you don't want that. So it's very important that you do not pray. Now, public prayer is okay if it's for a show. But make sure you never get in to private heartfelt prayers. This is out of the question. That's like pouring kerosene in a fire to your spiritual life. Now, obviously, we overcomplicate prayer. Jesus said in John 16, ask and you will receive and your joy will be made complete. He said in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. You see, prayer is simply the believer's communication line with God. It's the pipeline through which God refreshes us and instructs us. 
and gives us guidance and reveals things to us. And just imagine, get a vision for this, how cold your walk with God can be, how cerebral it can be, how mundane and ordinary your walk with God can be. If you never pray, therefore you never get answers to your prayer, you can probably start living your life as though God never even existed if you try really hard. Furthermore, James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James 5.15 says prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. You see, prayer does so many things for your spiritual life. That's why it's important not to pray because that would be counterproductive to your goal of spiritual regression. Matthew 26.41 says watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. So prayer is necessary to keep you away from those potholes that Satan has planned for you in the future. I could go on and on, but the point is, Scripture tells us that prayer is the key to success in ministry and in life. So whatever you do, make sure you do not pray. Make sure you keep your schedule so busy, so full of activities, that you do not have time to pray. The worst thing you can do is show up Tuesday night for the prayer meeting. Because there you'll get in the presence of God. You'll sense his presence. You'll see miracles taking place in that environment. And you don't want to see those things because that will spur you on to love God more and to serve God more. So it's very important that you do not pray. And one year from today, if you'll do this, you can be a lot further away from God. Now, this message today is one that you have to participate with. This is funny stuff. This is like Eddie Murphy raw Christian stuff right here, all right? So I want you to laugh and say ouch at the same time today, all right? Number two, whatever you do, if you want to be further from God in one year, do not pick up this book and don't read it. Watch lots of television. Never miss an episode of The Voice. Invest lots of time on social media, giving people a piece of your mind that you can't afford to lose. Amen. Read lots of magazine articles and, and novels, you know. It's even okay to read books about the Bible, but make sure you don't read the Bible itself. Because this book is God's wisdom book. This is God's success book. Reading it is how you gain knowledge about God, the mind of God, the ways of God, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for your life that will bring success to your life. And again, that would be counterproductive to your overall goal of spiritual regression. I heard a story about a, a young guy who loved his aunt. And he cared for his aunt until the day she finally passed away. Well, after the funeral, the family gathered with the attorney to find out who inherited what in the family. And the attorney read the will, and it seemed like all the good stuff, the house, the cars, the toys, were all going to the other members of the family. And at the very end, the attorney said, he read these words, and to my dear nephew, I leave you with my Bible and all its content. Well, the nephew was sort of ticked off. They get the house, they get the good stuff, the cars, the toys, you know, and the money and all that, and all I get is their stinking Bible. He threw the Bible in a box and threw it up in his attic. Well, things didn't go so well for this young man the next few years. He suffered many, many financial setbacks, and he was kind of bitter that he didn't get more things from his aunt. And so he's packing up all of his belongings, moving out of his house. And he notices that box with that Bible his aunt had left to him. And frustrated, he picked it up and even made him a little more upset thinking about what she you know, didn't give to him. And he threw it to the side. When he did, the Bible opened up and he saw a $100 bill sticking out one of the pages. That got his attention. He walked over and picked the Bible up. And as he thumbed through the Bible, every single page 
of the Bible had a $100 bill stuffed in it. There's a small fortune stuffed right there in that Bible all those years, and he never even knew it. Friends, look, contained in this book is your incredible inheritance in Christ Jesus. All the riches, all the blessings, all the success he died to give you are in this book. And that's why it's so important you not read this book, because when you read this book, it'll tell you the best way to live your life so you can be successful and get all his blessings and all his inheritance. So whatever you do, don't read it, because you don't want those things. You don't want to be successful in life. You want to be further from God in life. So it's very important that you do not pick up this book. Now, if you do happen to read the Bible or you hear someone teaching the Bible, make sure that you do not think deeply about it or that you don't apply it to your life. Because the brother of Jesus, James, tells us that's going to make you successful in life. Look at what he says in James 1. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and then, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives what? Freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but what? Doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So the best thing you can do if you want to regress spiritually is don't listen to a word I'm saying today. Let this message go in one ear and out the other. Because if you start gazing deeply into the mirror of God's word, you're going to discover who you are in Jesus Christ. That you have the spirit of God living inside of you. That you are no longer your own. You've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're a new creature in Jesus Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. When you get a hold of that, man, you might get set on fire for God. You're trying to regress spiritually. So whatever you do, make sure you don't read the Bible. In fact, it'd be best if you didn't listen to another word I said this morning. Just kind of shut it off right now. Number three, do not commit to the church. Make sure whatever you do, you do not commit to the body of Christ. Now you say, well, look, wait a minute. You said don't commit to the church. Then you said don't commit to the body of Christ. What are you talking about? Well, Jesus said that the church is his body represented on planet Earth. So it's very important that you make sure that you go to church as little as possible. Now, I would scold you all for being here this morning, but you're already here. So I'm going to give you all a pass on this one. The writer of Hebrews says it like this, Hebrews 10. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to act to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of Christ's return is drawing near. This is talking about a day when Jesus Christ is going to come back. The Bible calls it the rapture. If you just watch the nightly news right now and, and read the newspaper, it's almost like reading Bible prophecy. See, the Bible says that history is not circular. It doesn't just repeat itself, it's linear. There is a definite beginning to it and there will be a definite end to it. And so it's very important that this passage says that when you see these hap things happening in the world around us, when you start reading the morning headlines and you can read the same things in the Bible, make sure you come to church more often and not less. But we see the trend going the other way in churches today, don't we? Now, if, if you do happen to come to church, this is so important, don't miss this, make sure you get in and get out as quickly as you can. At all costs, do not become a functioning member of the body of Christ. 
Because Paul says that this body here is like the human body. Let me read it to you. Our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body when they are all put together. So it is, so it is with the body of Christ. Each of us is a part of the body of Christ. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And what would you think if you heard an ear say, I'm not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye? Would that make it any less part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how would you smell anything? That isn't the way God has made us. He has made many parts for our bodies and has put each part just where he wants it. Now, here is what I'm saying to you. All of you together in the body of Christ are the one body of Christ. And each one of you is a separate necessary part of it. Turn to the person next to you right now and say, you're necessary. And you're needed in the body of Christ. Let me put it this way. Look this way. Um, let's say that my, my kidney got tired of living in my body. I don't like your body, Luke. I like Pastor Brad's body better. I'm going to go live in Pastor Brad's body. And so, shameless, shameless plug for his body. All right. And so, um, he lives in his body for a couple months, and then it says, I don't like Pastor Brad's body. I, I like Pastor Brett's body better. And it goes and lives in Pastor Brett's body for a couple months. I don't like that body. What's going to happen to that liver? Pretty soon, that liver is going to shrivel up and die because it's not attached to any one body. The body will go on, but that liver, that part of the body, will not make it spiritually. I see so many people in the body of Christ jumping from church to church to church. Well, they got this going on over here. They got this going on over here. And what happens is over time, they shrivel up and die and their kids don't take the church seriously because their, their parents don't commit. And Jesus says, it should not be this way. So if you want to if you want to fail spiritually, it's very important that you just jump around from body to body because that will ensure you shrivel up and die. Also, this is very important. Don't miss this. If you're going to go to a church, make sure you go to a church and find people in the church who are lukewarm and uncommitted and critical people who have nothing good to say about the church or the leadership of the church because that way their bad spirit can get on you, you see? And then you can pass that spirit on to your kids. And in a year from now, not only will you not be in the church, your kids won't be in the church. In fact, they may never come back to church again. When I was in college, I was, you know, I didn't know how to do laundry. And I, I, I just threw all my stuff into the washing machine, my, my blue jeans and my red shirt. And when I got my blue jeans out, they were pink blue jeans. 1988, my freshman year in college, I got to wear pink blue jeans when they weren't cool around the campus. That's kind of a hard start at college. And uh, what happened was, because you put it all together, it all just kind of bled into those jeans. And friends, we got to realize that stuff rubs off in our life. Who we associate with will always rub off in our life. Proverbs 13 says, keep company with the wise, and you'll become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be ruined. Now, for me, it's too late. That stuff can't affect me because my parents raised me to, to love the church, to love the people of God, you know, to, to think the best about the, the leadership in the church. And so my kids live their life the same way and their kids will probably live their life the same way. But it's not too late for some of you. You can still mess up your family really good if you will not attach yourself to a church 
and then find critical people in the church. There's still hope for you. All right. Number five. Number four, rather. Thank you. Do not think about eternity. Do not think about eternity. Make sure you keep your mind so preoccupied with worldly things. Just eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die and our candle goes out and that's the end anyway, right? Don't allow Paul's words from Colossians 3 to sink into your spirit. Listen to what he said. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, amen, is revealed, amen, amen, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. The Bible says that Christ is going to appear one day. And the Bible says there's, at that point, something's going to happen to those of us who follow him. What's going to happen to us? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 says this, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Now, that verse has always made me a little bit nervous because this is not talking about the great white throne judgment where God will open the book of life and decide who comes into heaven and who goes to hell. This is actually talking about how we as believers, followers of Jesus, will stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for how we live our lives on this earth, how we serve God, how we lived our lives for his glory. This is one of the clear teachings of Jesus. One day, you and I are going to stand before Jesus and give an account for how we live on this earth. And the Bible says that our positions, our eternal rewards in heaven will be set by how we live our life on this earth. Friends, this is just the dressing room before the big show. That's all it is. This is just the JV game before the varsity game. But don't think too much about that. You've got to push those thoughts way out of your mind. Don't think about the idea that one day... Very quickly, I believe we're going to just wake up one day and turn our heads and be looking right into the eyes of Jesus, the one who loves us, the one who gave all for us on the cross. He's going to ask us, what did you do for me while you were on this earth? And oh, how we will hope on that day that we have crowns to lay at his feet, things that we did for him on this earth. But... You can't think about that if you want to fail spiritually. Because if you start thinking about that day, they may, that may motivate you to want to serve him more, to love him more, to tell more people about him. There's a, there's a fifth thing you can do if you want to fail spiritually. Make sure that you do not share your faith with others. After all, we know that religion is a very private thing. And you might offend somebody if you start talking about Jesus. And if, you know, what if someone actually believes what you say and they give their heart to Jesus? Well, man, then you got to disciple them. And that would cause you to open God's word and read more about God's word and, and how you can grow and how you can disciple them. That will cause you to grow even so much more. So please find someone else, something else to talk to people about other than Jesus. Talk about the Arizona Cardinals' great season they're playing right now. 
talk about the World Series or the, or the Voice, you know. There's so many things that you can talk about other than Jesus. Because if you talk about Jesus, you're going to grow spiritually. The Bible says he'll go with you as you share his gospel. And that's not what you want. Friends, we have so many opportunities to talk and invite people to the things here at this church. We have a Christmas production where 60,000 people are going to attend over 16 performances to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for your part, you can invite them and you can sit with them and, and use this as a tool to reach people. But you don't want to do that if you want to be further from God. You want to blow off opportunities like that. Here's the sixth thing. We're almost done. The sixth thing is make sure that you do not give your money to the church or the needy. You got to hang on to your stuff as tight as you possibly can. Don't release that vice grip on your stuff. Because the Bible says that God is a generous God. How many are grateful that God's a generous God? For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. He's a generous God. And you're never more like God than when you're being generous. And that's not what you want. So you want to be the opposite of God, which is greedy and stingy. And hold on to your stuff because that will cause you to be further away from God a year from today. I'll say it again. You're never more like God than when you're being generous. So make sure that you cut off generosity from your life. Because if you ever start tithing your income to God, you're going to find out that God's going to open the windows of heaven. And pour out so much blessing upon your life that you can't contain it. And that's not what you want. That will just spur on spiritual growth. And we're talking about how to regress spiritually. I want to tell you, friends, Dream City Church right now is affecting not just the state, not just the nation. It's affecting the entire world. We have, uh, we have nations from all the world asking us, can we be a Dream City Church in Africa and Australia? It's amazing what God is doing. And for our part, we can slow that down. If we just make a commitment to, commit to being stingy and not giving God what belongs to him. Now, I'm having fun today, obviously. Some of you aren't having so much fun, I can tell out there. But <laughs> last thing. If you really want to make sure that you quench the work of God in your life, the spirit of God in your life, there's something you can do even today. And that is when God starts dealing with your heart, don't respond. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 3. The Holy Spirit says, if you hear his voice today, do not let your hearts become hard as your early fathers did when they turned against me. And then a few verses down in verse 15, he says, today, here it is again, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And then the next chapter, chapter 4 and verse 7 says it again, do not let your hearts become hard. Now, friends, if God says something once, you probably ought to listen. If he says something twice, you probably ought to cut it out and put it on your refrigerator. If he says it three times, you probably ought to have it tattooed somewhere on your body, you know? And here, three times God says, today, don't harden your heart. Why three times? Because, friends, when you sit in an atmosphere like this, and you feel the prompting and the the whisper of the Holy Spirit in your life urging you to do something and you stiff arm him, what happens is your heart becomes hard and calloused. And so if you want to regress spiritually, if you want to be further from God a year from today, 
then whenever God is dealing with you about doing something, just don't respond. Just ignore it. It'll go away if you keep ignoring it. In fact, if you ignore the voice for long enough, you may never be able to hear the voice again. Because the voice starts like this. You can hear it. It's profound. And you say, no, 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 no. And pretty soon you just don't even hear it at all. It's not that God has stopped knocking. It's just that the heart is so hard that you can't hear it anymore. It's called the unpardonable sin. It's not a sin that God won't forgive you for. It's simply a sin that can't be forgiven because you can't hear the knocking anymore. Well, Luke, how do I know if I've committed the unpardonable sin? Simple. Respond. Respond to the whisper of God today. It's not too late. If you will respond to God's whisper today, what's going to happen is your heart's going to get soft again. It's going to get tender. It's going to start to grow. And honestly, I think that's what all of us want. Can you say amen to that? We want to be closer to God a year from today than we are now. So earlier in this message, I made this statement. I said, you are becoming something right now. Think about that. Your life, you are in the process of becoming something right now. It might be something amazingly beautiful and God-honoring. It might be something that's unimaginably dark, but make no mistake about it. You are becoming something. And I believe that God is whispering to people today saying, today is your day to stop the spiritual slide. Today is your day to stop the spiritual regression. Would you just, God is saying, confess your sins to me and just, just repent. Now, all that means is you're going this way in life, slide, 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 and all of a sudden you, you hear God's truth and the Holy Spirit's whispering, and you just stop and you, you repent and say, I'm not going to keep going that way. I'm going to turn. I'm going to stop the slide and ask God through the power of his Holy Spirit to help me start growing spiritually once again. And I truly believe that's something all of us want for our lives. But the reality is you're as close to God as you want to be. If you're not close to God, it's because it's because you moved, not God. It's like the couple who was driving in a truck one day together. They had married for 25 years. And the woman said, do you remember when we first got married that you know, we used to sit really close together when you would drive. He said, yeah, I remember, and I haven't moved. That's what God says. I haven't moved. I'm still here. Would you come back to me? Come back to me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? Just say, Luke, today the Holy Spirit has whispered into my heart, and um, I, I felt the conviction of God in my heart because those things that you mentioned that would cause spiritual regression, I'm actually already doing those things. And um, I just want to tell God I'm sorry. I want to confess that sin. I want to repent and begin to grow once again spiritually in my life. I, I'll need God's help. I'll need the Holy Spirit. I can't do it on my own. But I want to confess that to God today and ask him to forgive me. Or maybe you're here today and you'll say, you know what, I, I'm just totally detached from God. I'm just doing life on my own. I want to tell you, friends, there's, there's a great life waiting for you. If you would just own up to your sin and your waywardness and just say, God, I'm sorry, he would forgive you. He would give you a new nature. He would live inside of you. And you would also start to grow and become something amazing. 
God says, I want to help you grow. I want to thank you for watching this message today. I believe that right now as you're watching this video, God is speaking to your heart. God is speaking to you about a new life, a new future, a new hope. The Bible says that the way we connect with God is we actually call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's almost like taking your cell phone out and making a call to somebody that you really love. You're making the call. And I want to encourage you to make the call to God today. And as you do, he promises to forgive your sins, to adopt you into his family, and to give you a hope and a future. So today, if you are ready to call upon the name of the Lord, would you just close your eyes right now and just sincerely say these words to God. Dear Heavenly Father, just say those words. I ask you today to be the leader of my life, I ask you to forgive me for my sins and adopt me into your family. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. So I give you my heart today. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer, he heard you and he forgave you. So I want to say to you, welcome to the family of God. Go find a great church to be involved in. If you don't have one, come join us here at Dream City, and we'll help you live out the Christian faith and grow closer to Jesus. God bless you all.